Welcome to my co-host, Alex Delamain, who's president of the World Media Group and global client lead for The Economist. And I believe you're talking to us today from Devon. Welcome, Alex. That's correct. Good morning. Good morning. Um, and today we're going to be talking to Stephen. Uh, now I'm going to pronounce your surname incorrectly, Rangelovic. Oh, right? well done, okay. well done. Stephen Rangelovic, who's the Director for Brand Safety and Digital Risk for EMEA at Group N, who's joining us from Belgium, Brussels? Yes, yes. that's correct. Um, Stephen's had an interesting career encompassing journalism and uh, lobbying across the industry. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you. Uh, what we want to look at or talk about this morning is the broader aspects of brand safety and, and which elements are the most important uh, and try and take some of the hype out of, of the subject. Um, so, Stephen, for an advertiser, could you describe the key elements of brand safety um, and, and which of them really should be the ones that they are focusing their, their minds on and be most worried about? Well, brand safety means a lot of things to, uh, to many people. It has so many, so many different caveats. And um, your question is absolutely the right one because many advertisers, you know, are focusing on different things. How we at Group M look at brand safety uh, is basically managing three types of risks. So the, the legal risk where you have the, the privacy uh, or uh, anti-piracy risk, and then you have the reputational risk, where it's mostly about the context or user experience. So here is the, the famous ad adjacency, and this is where the most of the perceived risk there is. So it's all about whether you as a brand are appearing next to content that, uh, that uh, transpires and inspires hate speech or disinformation or IP infringement, etc. And user experience, which is, you know, those pop-up screens that are really annoying, and sometimes there are, uh, and you know, and you see it and it's really disrupting your experience online and you see a brand and you think, oh, well, that brand is really disrupting my experience. So, you know, obviously it's not good for reputation. And then finally, there is the financial risk, which is mostly about fraud. Because unfortunately, advertising industry has uh, has a big uh, problem of, uh, of of fraud. Uh, there are uh, there is lots of money going to criminal uh, to criminals uh, through through our industry. Um, so that's obviously a big loss. And then there is viewability, which is what is a percentage of the ad that is seen, and uh, and and, and So all these. Uh, for us, go under one umbrella of of, of, of brand safety. What are those that advertisers should be most concerned about? I think all of them, to be honest, because all of them can cause certain losses. And I speak here about consumer trust uh, or, uh, God forbid, uh, legal action if something goes if something goes badly, or just the loss of significant financial resources. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be really able to to single out one. I know publicly. We are mostly speaking about contextual brand safety, which is the reputational risk, um, which is where the, the spotlight is. Uh, but uh, again, I, uh, I wouldn't be able to, to single out one and say this one is the most, uh, most important because, um, as I said, you know, advertisers, there is not a, a one-size-fits-all advertiser profile. 
um, uh, and uh, as such, they all uh, look into different uh, different things. So it would really depend on uh, on the advertiser what is the most important and the most worrying element of the brand say. So following on from that, Stephen, what are the hygiene factors that advertisers should have in place? Um, and are there any simple fixes? So two parts to my question there. Um, number one rule in uh, managing any risk uh, also in brand safety is first uh, understanding your risk profile because brand safety is really not a deterministic thing. It is not black or white. It exists or it doesn't exist. It is always how you manage it. Um, and uh, because um, too strict brand safety settings can sometimes cause certain losses is also in scale, in reach. So you as an advertiser have to understand how much of scale you're willing to put, you know, to not, not to sacrifice, but to, uh, to, uh, to take out a bit of scale for the sake of keeping your brand in line with your risk profile online. Uh, after that, there comes due diligence. And due diligence is, is the mother, I would say, of brand safety, which is uh, understanding where your ads appear, vetting your partners. So if you work with a, uh, with a DMP, vetting how they obtain that uh, user consent for processing of personal data, or if you work with, uh, with, uh, with premium publishers, understanding what they do on their end to monetize their content, how they, how they ensure that the supply they give to you as an advertiser is, uh, is suitable. Uh, and, uh, and also, obviously, in, in terms of social media, you would also vet each of the social platforms to understand what they are doing, uh, what kind of third-party verification is available, etc. And then the next step is really operational process, which is monitor constantly your campaigns, understand where your ads appear, take out those less performing and less safe, suitable, viewable, more fraudulent domains and apps, uh, and uh, optimize. Uh, it is. It is as any business process. It is at the end of the day, it comes to optimization, which is really constant monitoring again of your delivery and optim uh, and optimizing. But essentially, the quick fix is buying on um, on inclusion lists uh, and uh, buying on pre-vetted uh, domains, apps, and working only with partners that you that fulfill that meet. Your, your criteria of, uh, of uh, brand safety, suitability, and et cetera. Um, yeah. And um, is there any kind of correlation between brand safety and um, effectiveness? I mean, you know, is there a, a direct financial payoff to an advertiser if they get this right? Um, one of the one of the things that I forgot to mention in the previous uh, what is the in the previous question the previous answer what is the quick fix is actually investing in quality um, and quality means uh, suitable uh, in an appropriate ads advertising uh, in appropriate environments viewable uh, with uh, with low fraud and underpinned by third party verification. And what we discovered, because we've done a couple of studies throughout Europe, uh, also in the UK, uh, and we wanted to correlate, we wanted to see how investing in quality actually translates for brands, because quality media can be a bit more expensive. It's fair to say that. But at the end of the day, it actually does pay, uh, pay off. So, for example, the study that we've done in the Nordics with, uh, with IES uh, proved that 
that more viewable ads significantly have a significantly uh, higher online conversion rate. So uh, we had three brands, Radisson uh, Hotel Group, uh, Toyota and Quick, which is which is the Danish uh, Danish kitchen brand, and all of those had more than sixty five percent of uh, higher online conversion uh, online conversion than uh, for those for ads that uh, that were meeting certain viewability standard than those that that were not. There was also a study done in France, which uh, which showed that fifteen percent. Of, uh, of advertising budget was a we were able to allocate that to quality media simply by using uh, simply by using pre-bid segments for v- uh, higher viewability fraud and etc and finally there was one there was a study back in 2018 in the UK uh, that uh, that showed that quality publishers, uh, have much higher engagement. Users are more, much more likely to engage with the net, to hover over it. Uh, so at the end of the day, all these studies, what they show is that quality, meaning brand safe, viewable, less fraud, actually does produce better results for the campaign in terms of brand effectiveness, uh, online conversion, and, and, and such. Was the one in the UK, um, was that done jointly with new, Newsworks? That's correct, yes. Okay, that, is, that, was, that was a really interesting study. I didn't know that that had been done in, in other markets. That, that's really interesting to know. Leading on from that, Stephen, I find it interesting because obviously quality environments, um, as the members of the World Media Group are, because we're a news environment, um, we've faced some challenges about advertisers using um, contextual blocking, um, especially around coronavirus. Um, How can advertisers be safe without using that so vehemently? Um, I think... One thing that we all uh, sometimes forget is that um, this issue of excessive keyword blocking existed before COVID-19. What happened uh, during uh, during the, uh, the pandemic, which is unfortunately still ongoing, is that uh, because the the ad spend uh, was significantly reduced um, and many advertisers just stopped, so it kind of amplified. The, the 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 issue, um, and I think a lot of it, uh, a lot of this issue stems from the fact that there is a bit of a lack of understanding how uh, the technology for uh, for pre-bid segmentation, contextual avoidance, basically, uh, works. There are many ways. So there is a pre-bid, which means that the technology basically creates segments on which you, as an advertiser, can bid on whether be it positive or those that you want to avoid being negative ones. And then you have the post-bid after the bid has been won, uh, blocking, which is uh, which mostly relies these days on, 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 on keyword blocking. What, um, what we as, as Group M uh, have been doing really even since b- before this started, we've been advising against, uh, we've been actually asking advertisers to reconsider their approach to news media because news media, uh, it is not, and I think we have to move away specifically in the context of news media. It is not an issue of whether it is brand safe or not brand safe. It is brand safe because there is not 
single news media on premium publishers now speaking uh, that is uh, that is not brand safe there is really no very rarely you will find depiction or uh, extreme nudity and you know and that kind of stuff but what is the issue here is whether it is suitable for for all for all brands is it suitable for um, i don't know for a uh, for a for a company that produces uh, um, uh, easter eggs to advertise next uh, Easter eggs next to, uh, next to a, a page about uh, ten thousand uh, casualties in uh, in Italy because of coronavirus. Um, so to answer your question, how they can how they can do it? First of all, uh, reconsider the, the 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 notion of brand safety in in news environments. Um, and uh, and uh, look at look at facts. So what we've been speaking all along is that news environments, premium news environments, are uh, highly viewable, brand safe, low fraud, and that many of many of your members actually take a lot of effort on their own uh, in the back end to provide uh, the and to monetize the content that they. Think find safe and suitable for uh, for, uh, for for brands. One of the ways, uh, and then if advertisers believe you know uh, that they they shouldn't be investing, they shouldn't be appearing next to every single page. We we have to we have to accept that because you know it is their brand at at at, at stake. So what we can do, it doesn't mean if they don't want to appear next to every single news. Maybe, you know, they don't have to block all news, but maybe they can appear, they can look to appear next to news that is more suitable. And this is where we enter into the suitability thing, which is uh, appear, there are the technologies that exist today, they're far from, from perfect, but what they do, they, they are able to, for example, give you the pre-bit segment of positive sentiment of, of different stories. So advertisers, instead of avoiding everything about COVID, they can try to they can try to fund at least those stories that are uh, that that have uh, neutral or positive uh, or, or positive notion but to answer your question one is advertising in uh, in news uh, in premium news publishers uh, uh, domains but if really you don't think that that is suitable for your brand there are technologies to be used to allow you to 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 advertise in some of it, not all of it, depending on your risk profile, as we said at the beginning. Thank you. And where do you see the line between social responsibility and brand safety? Oh, um, that's, that's a big one. Um, I, I always thought that... Um, the way advertisers where they choose to to advertise uh, is is also a reflection of uh, of what they what they stand for because you can't it's very difficult for any advertiser to uh, for example who is into female empowerment you know it's their purpose that they communicate so it's very difficult for them to justify then appearing on websites that that speak against uh, that speak against abortion um, it is, uh, and and that and that is that is really the the the, the thin line. Um, I would say uh, it, social responsibility and brand safety uh, are tightly connected. They're not the same. 
they're they're tightly they're tightly connected and i think we we see that these days in the context of uh, in the context of 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 the facebook uh, of the facebook uh, of the facebook debate uh, but what is um what is what is true in uh, in all of this is that um social uh, the 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 investment decisions that advertisers uh, make uh do have social responsibility um component to it because if we as an industry invest in domains that spread disinformation or hate speech or we you know we appear on uh, uh on on apps uh, that are engaged in child endangerment we are basically pouring money into uh, into irresponsible practices which uh, which affect not only the uh, the you know the app but affect the industry uh, the, the society at large so um again tightly connected not the same uh, but uh, but advertisers and the, ad, the industry have a huge role to play in ensuring that their advertising does not fund certain content that can put that social um social stability at stake So um what does the future hold for brand safety um talked about suitability uh fake news and uh blockchain I'm I'm personally particularly interested in in blockchain because I remember conversations from a, a few years ago when it when it became it, it was the buzzword that everyone was talking about at the time but it promised so much and yet we we been unable to achieve any kind of scale with blockchain is 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 that part of the near future or is it still a, a long way off for brand safety i i think it is uh, very very close um jikwebs as you know has been doing uh, has been working on this on how we can uh, we can use this technology to understand better the transparency of buys because part of the brand safety uh, field and this whole risk is effectively how we uh, you know understanding the, the supply chain who gets which portion who is involved in the bid and etc and this technology can significantly help some some first uh, insights into tests that jikwebs has has run with uh, with a company called fiducia uh, are are actually very very encouraging Uh, because they really allow us to see uh, to track that uh, that supply path who when and how um uh, so I, i i do think that is going to be that is going to be a game changer in the time to come when it comes to other trends we have we have each recently issued the brand safety playbook for marketers 2020 and beyond so i invite you really to to look it up online and uh, and download it because it's a good 20 pages about the future of brand safety uh, in principle but a couple of trends i think one is as you rightfully said is is not really mo- uh, is moving towards suitability but without forgetting the basics of and safety uh, which is uh, which means that all of us or the entire industry accepting you know their advertisers sitting between low and high risk and then uh accommodating accommodating that uh, that demand um the in, when it comes to fake news fake news unfortunately will continue to exist um it's very difficult to eradicate we are what 7 billion now on uh, on on the planet earth there there are always people who will try to you know to produce this existed even before it's not fake news 
There's always been fake news. Exactly. The internet just allowed it to 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 proliferate Mm. uh, more. Um, but what is new is our deep fakes. I don't know if you know about, uh, about deep fakes, but basically somebody can take, uh, for example, a recording of my voice, of, of, uh, of my videos, and then they can create something that, you know, a video of me saying something that they would have never said. Um, and that's not a problem for me because I'm not a brand, but uh, there are brands, uh, there are brands, you know, for whom this can be a problem. What if somebody takes a CEO of a big company and that, you know, they make a deep fake saying something that is completely against their corporate, uh, so, uh, corporate responsibility uh, policy or, or, you know, their share price can go significantly down. So it can be really uh, a, big, uh, a big thing. Um, other things, I think we will see more and more discussions about new channels such as gaming, uh, audio, digital, home, connected TV. It's, they're already here, but unfortunately the standardization for measurement is not there yet. And as we all know, the, the really the bedrock, and I keep repeating this, the bedrock of brand safety is, uh, is independent measurement. So uh, if you are in, unable to measure across the field, as we are now, for example, in open web, more or less, uh, we, uh, we have a problem because we don't understand where and uh, where we advertise and how we advertise and how effective it is. So um, I hope that answers your question. It does. It does. Well, thank you very much for joining us um, today. I hope you found it interesting and that you will join us again soon for the next podcast. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. No, thank you. And we are, uh, me personally, but I think Group M is a big friend of premium publishers, so we're always happy to to contribute in the best way we can.